Hi there. Thanks for joining the Mindfulness Broadcast. My name is Anastasia and I'll take you on a journey of self-talk, emotional intelligence and mindfulness. And today's topic of the episode will be an autoaggression. Some people are familiar with this term and some never heard of it, which is fine. However, a lot of us tend to experience it even if we don't realize that we do so. So autoaggression is a violent behavior of an individual towards themselves. It's also can be referred, and actually that's the most common term for it, is a self-harm. It's a set of behaviors aimed at harming yourself mentally or physically. And you might think, oh, well, that's obvious. I wouldn't know if I hurt myself somehow. But yet it's not that simple. Self-harming behavior may also not draw attention to itself at first glance. Let's say excessive physical extortion is a good example here. And you may even notice some examples of self-harming children. It's usually quite quite direct. They may, for example, hurt themselves on purpose, hit the head on something or any other part of their body, or just simply start telling themselves that there's no value to them. You know, whenever they can talk, they can already start saying things like that. Biting nails is the most obvious example. And there's a difference between, let's say, quickly biting one off because it's a scratchy or, you know, like uncomfortable and then come back home and cut it or fight it down and brutally biting them off, you know, till they hurt or bleed. And one of the most common causes of self-harm among, let's say, the youngest, if we start with them, <laughs> is the emotional problems. Their background can be very different and often not obvious at all. So by inflicting pain on themselves, the person runs away from the source of the problem and distracts from the psychological difficulties they are struggling with. At the same time, this this reasoning can be found in adults too. So we all have our inner child. And if they're hurt, you may start harming yourself too and not even notice that. Some people came from trauma some people just had some emotional issue, emotional issues when they were kids, any kind of issues. We all have something, some sort of background. And sometimes people just are not able to cope with that. That's why we're picking the skin around nails, we're biting nails, biting lips. Um, sometimes people um, pinch themselves or scratch themselves. There are tons of different severe cases. Um, sometimes people just do diet after diet after diet and just struggle with that. And there, are, yeah, as I said, examples can be completely different. But self-harm may indicate problems at home as well. So let's say if you were a victim of abuse or a child, you know, is a victim of abuse, um... Yeah, there are also quite a few different examples, starting with being beaten or emotionally abused. These people may try to manifest their suffering in this way to get attention, but please don't don't think of it as, oh, these people are attention seekers. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. They're trying to get attention as um, that's a subconscious reaction as to say, look at me, I need help. Not, oh my God, look at me, please, and like drawing attention and just, you know, craving it just for the sake of getting it. This is the way of the body to say, look, something's happening. This is an alarm button, right? This is a red light. 
But also this kind of behavior is not always a sign of a problem at home, actually. Um, it often happens that people or children come from good homes where they're cared for on a daily basis. And then self-harm can be a manifestation of another illness. Um, children with childhood depression, um, schizophrenia, autism often struggle with it. And I won't touch such serious topics here as I'm not a doctor and I don't have um, an education in this niche. I don't have a deep knowledge of that topic. So I don't want to talk about something I haven't done a thorough research of. But that also could be the case um, of why people could do this. And when I was a kid, I remember I used to do that a lot. So my family had a constant drama always <laughs> and uh, there was lots of physical and mental abuse so I'm not going to describe to you what my lips and fingers looked like but I could be an actress for a horror movie if I played a zombie or something <laughs> it was bad it was really bad and um, unfortunately a lot of my friends from school they had the same issues and I used to know people who used to cut their skin or burn themselves with like a cigarette or or just like a little uh, wooden stick uh, who would pull their hair out. And there are quite a lot of examples here and there. Uh, and not all of them are, you know, that brutal, but still. And the saddest thing about that is that we never knew what it was. We're just kind of like, we were actually punished t for doing so. No one, no one in my life or in life of my friends who used to do that who used to hurt themselves, none of the people around them actually sat down and asked the question, what are you doing? Are you okay? I see you doing this. Do you want to talk about your emotions? Like maybe you feel something, maybe something bothers you. We were just directly straightforward punished for doing that. So like it was just it, it, what it did. It just added a layer after layer after layer of emotional struggle, physical struggle, and then not being able to cope with what you're going through. And essentially, for some people, I know it made it a little bit worse throughout the years. And uh, one of the cases could be the eating disorder. If you ever met a person who had the anorexia, bulimia, or, you know, vice versa, who is exercising too much, who's dieting too much, or who's overeating, they're also harming themselves. So self-injury behaviors in the case of eating disorder include um, lots of different patterns, right? Excessive exercise, restricting um, some foods or binge eating until the point of discomfort or pain. It can be hard to tell if someone's harming themselves. Usually they will want to hide that. You see, sometimes self-harm can happen to an individual who is experiencing internal conflict. Frequently, they explain that the physical pain helps to distract or numb the emotional pain they might be experiencing. And usually, it starts as a way to relieve the buildup of pressure from distressing, you know, and from all the thoughts and feelings they have. So it gives temporarily grief from the emotional pain the person is feeling. And it's important to know that the relief is only temporarily because they never actually resolve the underlying reasons. So later the feels of guilt and shame might kick in and it continues the cycle of suffering emotion. So it starts with like 
emotional struggle and then emotional overload, then not being able to cope with those emotions and this overload. This leads to self-harm. The self-harm then leads to temporary relief and then the shame. And if you don't work on underlying issues, it just keeps going again and again and again and again. Hello, I'm Anastasia, I'm 31, and guess what? I'm still picking my nails. I'm still picking the skin around my nails. And sometimes it takes me a long while to understand why. Um, I started doing that when I was a kid, and then I I tried to uh, just control it, you know, just to be like, nope, I'm not doing it, like, I'm not going to hide my hands. But then after a while, you just start doing something else, you distract yourself, and you just don't realize how you already hurt yourself. I'm, I'm literally as if I'm just waking up and my finger hurt. I'm like, what, what, what's going on? And, uh, yeah, okay, I pick, you know, I, again, I've done something to my nail or skin. And the more internal work I do, the more I'm able to identify the reason and then it actually stops. I keep talking about emotional intelligence on and on and oh man, I will I will stream that into your ears every time you're here. But look what happens when we were kids. Unfortunately, quite a few parents still make the same mistakes now. Um, I observe lots of parents here and there and the pattern is the same, which is sad, but not many of us were taught of how to identify our emotions. So let's say when I was a kid, and again, unfortunately, at least in Russia, that was the huge pattern right there. Um, I was often told, don't get angry, don't be annoyed, don't cry, stop moaning. If you don't stop crying, I'll find you a real reason to cry. Don't complain, don't snitch, don't this, don't that, don't, don't. And a lot of people grew up being restricted from showing their emotions, like, it just wasn't allowed. It, it just shuts you down. Now, I wonder how many of you were taught to actually understand, label your emotions instead of receiving a cold look all, or, you know, a smack on the head or something like that, or just being told off. How many times do you remember? I mean, again, this is not about like finding who's guilty and, and pointing fingers, but it's just about facts to see, I guess in my case, I I, I try to always see the things differently and then to learn how not to behave, what not to do when it comes to my own kid and maybe future children, you know, you never know. But, um, or even anyone, you know, any other kid, if I I see someone in the playgroup or my friends have children, you know, it is important to project different ideas and different norms to kids nowadays um and to adults too actually it doesn't just come to kids to adults too some of the adults have no clue what they're feeling at the moment even at the age of 60 and 70 50 doesn't matter and then these kids grow up and they automatically you know sometimes can start self-harming themselves because they have no clue what they feel and especially how to deal with what they feel It's sad, really, like, I guess my little mission here is 
to bring this awareness of what each of you feel and get better in working through these emotions, even if there is no huge trauma involved. One of the most common stereotypes is that self-harm is about attention-seeking. So that's not the case in most of the scenarios. Many people who harm themselves don't talk to anyone. They're hiding what they're doing and they're trying to not mention what they go through for a long time. And it can be very hard for them to find enough courage actually to ask for help. And when it comes to treatment for self-injury, it is aimed at, you know, recognizing and treating the underlying cause, such as it can be low self-esteem, some impulsive reactions, depression, family dysfunction, conflict or abuse, emotional intelligence. And in severe cases of self-harm, it's very important to find someone to talk about it. It's important to tell someone you trust and you feel comfortable with as they will be able to help and support you. Especially when it comes to kids and teenagers, they think there's no one who can understand them. There's no one who could be on their side. But believe me, there are people who will care a lot. So the first thing, if you have any severe case of self-harm, you need to ask for help. That's the step one. Well, step two, actually, after the first one, which is recognizing what you're actually doing. So ask for help and have support. This is important if you're trying to stop self-harming. It's important that you do this when you feel ready to talk about it. It doesn't matter who you talk to. It can be a neighbor. It can be a colleague. It can be a student, teacher, just someone you've, you know you trust and you feel comfortable with. This I, I have uh, a technique I want to share with you. So this is a distraction technique. When you feel the urge to self-harm or when you actually just realize that you're doing it, right? If it's a case of just like maybe biting your lips, let's say. Distraction technique can be a useful way to, let's say, ride a wave of emotion and overcome the urge to harm yourself. So the first thing you do is write down thoughts and feelings that are distressing you. And then you can just, you know, rip it apart throw away a little subconscious kind of thing, uh, psychosomatic work, but it might work. Uh, Another thing is a Play-Doh. So working with the Play-Doh, stretching or squeezing it is relieving tension, is such a good stress relief. It's amazing. Even if you cannot make anything like a pot or whatever, just, you know, by just working the Play-Doh, warming it up, it, I don't know why it works this way, but it works. (laughs) It's an amazing thing to do. And it works brilliantly with children and adults. If you feel a huge urge of emotions and you feel like you're going to blow up, you need to let them out. Hit a pillow or a cushion. Vent your anger and frustration on those. Have a good scream into a pillow or a cushion, right? Uh, For some people, meditation and breathing exercises will work brilliantly just to calm down, slow yourself down, try to disconnect, turn off all the thoughts and emotions and just breathe. Another way of distraction is going for a walk. If you have a pet, perfect, take them for a walk. They will, it will never hurt them. Even if you walk 15 times a day, they'll love it. 
if you're on your own, still go for a walk somewhere um, where there are not a lot of people, somewhere quiet, and that can give you some time and space to reduce the urge to hurt yourself as well. Call call a person you trust. Call a friend and a person of a, uh, a member of a team and talk to them. But it doesn't have to be about self harm. You can just chat to them. Just distract your brain a little bit. Making anything creative will help a lot, a lot. And another one I have on my list is the music. Listening or making music, singing is also a really good way of stress relief and distraction. And that will just get your mind off emotions that you felt before. Another technique that helps me prior to distraction one is to focus on the body. Bring that awareness. Oh, okay. I know what I'm doing right now. Okay, let's say I am uh, pinching my skin to bruises, right? Okay, what happened? What flashback did I have in my memory? In my case, let's say, did anyone raise the voice nearby? Did someone say something horrible to a child on the street? Did someone had too much to drink that they cannot control themselves and I feel nervous about them? Did I think of something bad happening and I'm anxious about my family now? There's like so many different triggers out there. Write them down. Yep, nerdy homework, but listen, you'll do some writing here and there. Get back to school kind of thing. I know, boring, but promise you, I promise you, it'll help you to get better. Whatever your current deal is, whatever your kind of goal is set, healing, learning new strategies, changing the patterns, just just figuring out who you are, um, learning about your emotions and feelings, you need to do some homework to learn something new. And on that note, I'll leave you to it and I'll see you on the next episode. I'm sending hugs, warm thoughts, and lots of love. Yours truly, Anastasia. 